listening to the Patrick E. McLean Podcast. This is The Persuasive Appeal of Dr. Martin Luther King. I really like Martin Luther King Day as a holiday. It certainly makes more sense to me than President's Day. Washington and Lincoln were tremendous figures in our history, worthy of study and reflection, but the world that they were part of seems very distant from the time we live in. But Dr. King, he was a man who dealt with the problems we face and the forces that must be confronted to change them. Organizational challenges, the staggering inertia of both the government and the people, and the omnipresent temptation to acts of violence. I believe that violence always backfires. It either hurts the cause or the person who perpetrates it, or both. And I believe that a politics that appeals to one group or faction can seem powerful in the moment, but will prove to be catastrophic. And often sooner than one thinks. This bodes not well for us at the moment, because all our politics currently seem to be predicated on identity and personality. I find that vile and stupid on all sides, but the key problem with identity politics is that it splinters into fragments and becomes impossible to unify, which makes it impossible to, well, lead. When faced with a problem, I first ask myself, what solutions have worked in the past? And will they work again? I don't think there's a single person who thinks that things are great right now, or that one way or another, we don't face turbulent times and colossal change. But how do we actually go about changing things and not make them worse? The last biggest positive change I can think of was the civil rights movement. And that was nonviolent. And it inspired basically everyone. There are many people who think that anybody who voted for Trump is an irredeemable racist. And the problem with that thought is that there are 70 million people who voted for Trump. And if you can't reason or negotiate or come to terms with them, if argument is no use and they're just demons, then the only thing left is violence. By no means is this kind of rhetoric limited to one party or faction, but every time I hear someone espousing this brand of the other side is horrible and simply can't be reasoned with rhetoric, it bothers me. Because in it, violence is implicit. And it always makes me wonder, is the person doing the yapping going to get out there and fight themselves, or do they expect that someone else is going to take those hits for them? And even if you think it's acceptable to use violence in the pursuit of your ends, political and otherwise, I just can't see how it could be a way out of our difficulties. And that's one of the things that is powerful about the I Have a Dream speech. Its fundamental rhetorical appeal is for people to answer the call of their own moral greatness. To recognize that we are, that we can, all of us, be better than we give ourselves credit for. And it works. Given the events of the summer and the recent events in the Capitol, this speech shines brighter than ever for me. And it seems all the more remarkable. The commentary I wrote on it in 2006 is still among the finest things I've ever written. And before I share it again, I have but one observation to add. When you're serious about changing things, you show up in a suit. Martin Luther King wore a suit. Malcolm X wore a suit. 
the men who sat in at the Woolworths lunch counter in Greensboro, North Carolina, wore suits. And maybe my point here isn't the clothes or the cause, but the attitude. When you really set out to create change in the world, it's serious. It's beyond rage. It's patient. Recently, we have seen a lot of angry people with a lot of opinions. But what I haven't seen is an organized and patient group of people working towards a unified goal. What I see at worst are sideshows and a vandalism carnival. Poor, deluded people hurting themselves and others, throwing their lives away for causes that they believe in, but that do not believe in them in return. And in the end, all of them having little to no effect at all. What I see at best is protest without a plan. And protest without a plan is performance art. Dr. King didn't engage in performance art. He didn't bring a sword to divide people. And he appealed to the best even in the enemies of his cause. And I think many of them were surprised to find the best in themselves answering, perhaps not entirely with their consent. But it worked. Oh, not perfectly. Nothing's perfect. But still, it worked. And in this moment, when things don't seem to be working very well at all, man, this speech, this approach to persuasion and change, it gives me hope. It makes me proud to be an American. And that's a feeling I find in dwindling supply. Because I, too, refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. This is a speech I thought I knew, by a man I thought I knew. If the beginning is not familiar, then surely this line will make it clear. I have a dream that one day Dr. Martin Luther King, civic saint of the civil rights movement, tragically martyred and now remembered with a federal holiday that is, in many people's mind, nothing more than another day In mine, too, I suppose. But the other day, an interesting thing happened. Set to random, my MP3 player singled out this historic speech for my listening pleasure. Dr. King was the farthest thing from my mind. I was trying to beat a deadline. Drowning out background noise with pop music, I almost skipped past it. But as I was about to press the fast-forward button, my hand froze. And it was this line that did it. But we refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. It's easy, looking back from the great height of 2006, to say, of course his cause was just. But in 1963, amid the heat of a nation in turmoil, was it so obvious to everyone? Listening to this speech with fresh ears, I was astonished. Not at the rhetoric, which is excellent. No, I was astonished by the fundamental nature of Dr. King's appeal. He's standing with an army in the middle of our nation's capital. It's crowded, it's hot, and people are angry because they have a legitimate grievance. How easy it would have been to tap into that anger. The marvelous new militancy, which has engulfed the Negro community, must not lead But his persuasive appeal is not anger. It is faith. A patriotic faith in this country, which I'm not sure I have. 
The strength of his appeal is that he cries out to what is best in each of us. He's not really asking us to change, not fundamentally. He's asking us to live up to what is best. And we respond. As proof, I submit that only once during the entire speech is he drowned out by the crowd. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is And what is the dream of the I Have a Dream speech? Everyone has their own view of utopia, and the word dream in this speech encapsulates many visions. But when Dr. King first defined the dream in this speech, he did so in a way that surprised me. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. For me, this line is the heart of the whole speech. He's counting on us to make good on a check written by our forefathers. Not by force of arms does he expect to overcome, but by the inherent goodness in the hearts of men. Simply put, he expects people to do what is right. All of the social reformers I've heard in my lifetime have based their appeal on anger. But to me, this speech is so different it might well have come from another planet. If Dr. King's appeal works, and clearly it did, it is because we are a good deal better than we usually give ourselves credit for. So on January 16th, I will not choose to remember a martyr. I will be thinking about a man and a speech which showed me that it is possible to change the world not through fear or anger, but by appealing to what is best in all of us. Where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing at patrickemclean.substack.com. Or at the very least, share it with someone you know who you think will enjoy it. <laughs>